What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Gear 30 on the Blister Podcast Network. I'm Jonathan Ellsworth, and you can check out everything we're doing and reviewing over at blisterreview.com. All right, the question of the day. How should a ski boot actually fit? And what does it mean to have a properly fitting ski boot? What does that actually feel like? And how do you achieve that feeling? Here on Gear 30, we talk a lot about ski boots themselves. Uh, You know, we talk about the differences in plastics and we talk about walk modes and all of these different things. But today we want to talk about ski boot fit how you know whether you have a good fit, and what are some of the things that going to a good boot fitter or having boot work done, what can that do for you? And the short answer of the question is, is that getting your boot fitting the right way will make you more comfortable and ski better and enjoy skiing more. So to help us out on this topic, our guest today is Sebastian Steinbach, who, in addition to being the owner of Black Sheep Sports in Munich, Germany, well, Sebastian is also a MasterFit University European instructor, and he's somebody who not only teaches boot fitting, but is currently spending a ton of hours every single day boot fitting many, many real world customers at his shop. So yeah. This is a good person to talk about boot fitting and properly fitting ski boots. This episode of Gear 30 is presented by Mountain Flow Echo Wax. And while dialing in the fit and feel of your ski boots, maybe those are some subtle things that actually can lead to pretty significant differences on the mountain in in terms of performance and your enjoyment of skiing. Well, keeping your skis waxed or applying wax on your skins before you go out for a big day in the backcountry, those are things that can help you ski better. They're things that can actually conserve your energy and it will also help prevent glopping up on your skins, which is actually one of the worst things in the world in my humble opinion. So go to mountainflow.com to check out all of their available products and you can sleep well at night knowing that Mountainflow's ski products and bike lube products are all plant-based and biodegradable and much, much better for the environment than leaving a bunch of petroleum residue all over the snow, which is what we're doing if we're using other ski waxes. Okay, one more note. People, our second annual Blister Summit is coming up fast. We will include a link in the show notes of this episode for the Blister Summit, or you can go to the navigation bar on any page on our website. Click on where it says Blister Summit. But this thing kicks off February 20th, and we have just added more brands to the summit, including Kessley, which is a brand that a bunch of you have been asking us to review more of their products. So, well, we're going to be doing that, but come ski this stuff with us for yourself at the Blister Summit. We're also going to have La Sportiva ski boots there. We're going to have Avi bags from BCA and Mammut. You're going to be able to check out the new Fisher Ranger skis, and there's a whole lot more And I suspect we're still going to be adding a couple more brands that I think a lot of you are going to be very interested in. So check out the Blister Summit. 
You can see all of the brands that we have there already. And one more thing now, I also want to talk more about some of the athletes that are going to be at the Blister Summit that you are going to be able to hang out with, go ski with, and basically just make sure that they know that you are actually the best skier on the mountain. So Chris Davenport is going to be at the Blister Summit. McKenna Peterson. McKenna Peterson is going to be at the summit. Julian Carr is going to be at the Blister Summit. Wendy Fisher is going to be at the Blister Summit. Um, I actually just got to ski today with Wendy. It's actually the first time we skied together ever, which is stupid. That should have happened a long time ago, but she's fantastic, it turns out. Great skier, fun to ski with, and you should go take some laps with Wendy too. So we'll be making more announcements along those lines as well in the coming days. But people, we've got a number of killer brands here. We've got some of the coolest athletes we know in the game coming to this. Come be a part of this thing. But for now, let's go ahead and talk about how to get a properly fitting ski boot and some of the boot fitting secrets and tips and tricks that might just help get you there. In other words, time to talk to Sebastian. Here we go. All right, well, Sebastian, it's time to talk boot fitting. And so maybe where we begin is, let's just remind people about your own boot fitting background. Hey, Jonathan, good to be back on the podcast. Um, yeah, I'm, as, as maybe as some of the listeners already know, we are a specialized boot fitting and backcountry skiing uh, ski shop here in Munich, Germany. And um, I'm actually doing boot fitting since uh, at least now 20 years. I did that already uh, when I was a student and when I went to high school. And um, since 12 years, we are operating of the own shop here in munich and uh, my personal like uh, where i get got taught uh, the most about boot fitting is um, masterfit university which, which is a u.s based organization um best of the boot fitters uh, coming over to europe once a year for a week um talking to a lot of boot fitters from europe having a little boot fitting session where we learn a lot from the grandmasters of boot fitting uh, most of them literally come from the U.S., even if a lot of people would think that Europe, especially Austria, Germany, especially Austria, should be the heart of uh, a lot of things. But uh, coming to boot fitting, boot fitting actually comes from the U.S., at least from my perspective. They are very curious about problem solving, and that's where I learned a lot. Um, I'm with MasterFit since 12 years. And uh, since this winter season, I am not anymore a student at MasterFit. I am now an instructor and teacher uh, for MasterFit um, for the European department. And yeah, that's where my uh, boot fitting background comes from. But I was uh, went also to um, other fitting academies because you just have to get very, very different uh, uh, perspective and approaches because um, as we always say with MasterFit, uh, for example, when we did our last, uh, um, yeah, our last uh, thing uh, this last October here in uh, in Austria and Kitzbühel actually, and we were talking to a lot of like uh, boot fitters from Europe. We always say we are not the Catholic Church. There are a lot of different <laughs> ways to solve issues. Uh, we are just trying to show you 
uh, one or two, three uh, uh, nice ways how to fit boots and um, how to get uh, into the topic of boot fitting or at least explain what boot fitting is these days. Yeah. And it was funny. I have just recently just found myself thinking more about the fact that obviously we review a lot of ski boots on Blister. Uh, We talk about ski boots. We preface every single one of our ski boot reviews by imploring people to go to a good boot fitter. Don't get hung up or just because we like a product, don't write that down, walk into a shop and say, this is the boot I want, right? This is about this nice little intimate uh, relationship between every individual and the best boot fitter they can find. But I think our mission here is to see if you and I can't help people better understand like, well, why should I be going to a boot fitter or Maybe what are sort of the three most important things that people ought to know about boot fitting and how that might help either their performance or their comfort levels, etc. And so if people are listening to this while they're washing dishes or driving somewhere, I guess that's our mission for the day is let's see if we can pull the curtain back a little on this very weird world and kind of opaque world of ski boots and why it is that we talk so much about getting boot fitting done. So I know you've already had a long day at the shop, but I'm hoping you still feel up to this task. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'm uh, coming out of a 12-hour shift. Uh, <laughs> we had a lot of appointments today. Um, so um, regarding boots, yeah, um, everyone has to be clear uh, when it comes to equipment. It's it's nice to having cool-looking skis, and there are so many super, super beautiful skis on the market, so many brands, and it definitely makes more fun buying skis than buying boots. Um, in boots, I, as we also said, or as you guys said on very, very other uh, uh, podcasts, you need to take some time. Yeah, you need maybe also to invest some a little bit more money than you thought it will or it might cost. Um, but uh, time is the most important thing. Um, sit down with a good salesperson or boot fitter. Um, they, in, in best case, really know their product, know the stuff that they have on sh- on their shelf, and then. Um, Tell them what you need and a good boot salesperson or boot fitter will always ask you a lot of questions because um, as many information as they get out of you as a customer, um, the end result will be will be the best. So just be um, yeah, just don't uh, um, overshoot everything. Just tell them the truth. Um, if you're if you used to be the the race boot skier, but now you're a dad and have two kids and um, have a stressful job, maybe you're not anymore needing the race boot. You need maybe something that just fits your needs, and that's the most important thing. Um, the boot is the one thing where your feet are in. Uh, where your foot is directly connected to the binding and the ski, so um, that's and 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 a ski boot these days is still the the main thing why people do quit skiing or why people um, do complain about skiing. Oh, these these silly fitting boots or this uh, uh, plastic cost um, that's just hurting all the day. And this maybe was a thing in the eighties or nineties that. It was the part of the game that your feet had to hurt after skiing because um, your your like the, your foot had to adapt to the shell. And these days now, the shell is adapting to your foot. 
And uh, number one thing, what we still see, just uh, um, following up the work we had today, and we had a lot of customers who brought in booths they bought maybe online, maybe somewhere else, um, or they were a little bit older. What we still see a lot are two big boots. Too big. And um, yeah, and uh, I mean in the length, like lengthwise. And um, so there are a few. Um, that's why I really like the question you just uh, 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 gave me or what's the topic for our discussion today is um, how can we help people to get uh, to the right solution? Because this will also make the job of the boot fitter at any shop easier if they maybe only have to punch your Taylor Bunyan or your Holoxwagus or your navicula or your ankle bone or whatever. Or just make a nice looking insole for you. Mm -hmm. um, so um, that's why I really like what we're doing today. And there are a few things uh, that can definitely be helpful for the audience to enjoy skiing more. So you just said the number one issue you find at your shop with people coming in, buying product. This isn't some hypothetical lecture you're giving. You're like, this is real world experience of people coming into my shop to buy boots. The number one thing you would say is that people are buying boots that are too big for them. Yeah? Yes. And uh, what I mean with too big is always when uh, um, people who or skiers uh, who might never have been to a ski boot specialized ski shop, um, they went to the normal bigger shops that are maybe more into selling than, let's, let's say, consulting how to buy something. Um, um, there you're trying boots uh, on with gaining the most comfy fit in the shop mm -hmm. and uh, what we also see um, or when, when I for example uh, uh, um, when I go to other shops over the weekend maybe in Austria where they have op where they open over the weekend and see what people are doing in the shop and when I remember back the times when I used to work at, at, at bigger shops when I was a student People love to walk around in their ski boots inside the shop, like when they are buying running shoes. Mm -hmm. And the, the, the crazy thing is uh, in skiing, skiing is a fixed leg sport or a fixed foot sport. It's not a fixed leg sport, but a fixed foot sport. That means you're not really rolling over the foot like in a running shoe. So you don't need that extra space that you have in your daily shoes. So... People, what I really can uh, 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 give you on your hand is don't buy a ski boot in the same size of your daily shoes. Um, that might sound a little bit strange for a lot of people. Why should I size down? But if you would take a measuring tape and you really would measure your true length of your foot, you would might some of you guys might be surprised that you're way shorter than the actual size that's marked in, in, in your normal shoes. Because in some, some shoe companies, like running shoe companies, actually have some kind of a monopoint um, beside all the other sizes. And there you can see, for example, in my case, in normal sh uh, running shoe, I have a US size, I think it's nine, that's in, in Europe of 42.5, which normally would be a 27 zero five uh ski boot but my ski boot size is a 26 and i'm everything but not a racer so i'm not the, the, the person who wants to stand uh to be in a too small ski boot i want to have comfort by the very good heel fit so just stand in your ski boot 
and then the other things come. So what are the main things or the main things you should look when you're buying ski boots in, in, in shops or that you just can double check with yourself if maybe the sales person is recommending the right boot for you? It's, it's first of all, the size, getting the size correct. Yeah. And for example, good ski boot shops will always pull out the liner and make with you a so-called shell check. So you will get with like naked feet or with your socks on into the shell. You will um, uh, touch uh, the end of the of the shell with your toes, like squeeze forward, and then the, the boot fitting guy or the sales guy will look behind your heel how much space you have. Yeah. So wait, let's let's pause on that because I really want this episode just to kind of be actionable for people, and so. What you're saying, and I agree with you here, if somebody walks into a shop and no one is doing a shell fit check, no one's, they're not removing the liner, they're not having you put the, your foot just into the shell, then telling you to bend your knees a bit, and then checking to see how much room you have behind your heel, maybe a sign that you might not be in the shop you ought to be in maybe or maybe not so if, if the if the sales guy or the boutique guy is still asking a lot of questions and wants you to stand upright and if you're touching with your toes a little bit in the front if you're touching the liner a bit it should not be that your toes are already scared and, and want to move back um, but if you're standing totally upright with straight legs you for example in an alpine boot and most hybrid boots you should feel a little bit of the end of the liner at least mm -hmm. yeah you should not be away already because that means or that might be a signal for a too long boot and as soon as you get bandied uh, uh flex forward if you get in the ski position um then your toes should be lengthwise free yeah so yeah. you should not touch it anymore that would mean okay we already found the right size so for example after we in our shop do a shell check like that's what every guy at the shop is doing um uh, we still play the same game with the liner inside and say, okay, stand up, right? Are you feeling something? Yes, I feel something. Okay, go in ski position because sometimes um, customers maybe in the beginning not believing you, yeah, because uh, when they step into the liner, everyone is squeezing forward, like, like sliding forward and they, some like maybe not experienced boot buyers say, huh, that's too small. Yep. And in a very sales-orientated ski shop, um, they might already say, okay, no worries, I give you the bigger one. Yeah, But we always say, okay, it, you might, when you slide in, you might touch the end, let's give me the chance. I want to close the boot. I want to bring you in the real position and I want to tell you and ask you some more stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And then the customer is getting the feeling for the right length. And then you can come after you've found out about the length. It's time to, to start asking the next questions and coming to the next two more important topics. Yeah. First of all, I really like what you said about, I mean, I just think some of us have been in this world long enough that we almost forget some of the, some of the basic things. And frankly, some of the understandable assumptions that people newer to the sport might be doing. So when you were talking about people put on a boot and then start walking around a shop as they might do if they're buying a running shoe and you're like, yeah, that's, that's actually not relevant. It's not a relevant thing to do. 
given what this activity of skiing is, I think that's a great thing to highlight for people. Like, don't worry about walking around and seeing how the boot feels. Like, and one of my recent experiences, I was texting back and forth with a friend who was in a different state and was trying to find the right ski boot. And he is just kind of getting into skiing. And we talked a bit about like, I kind of did the like, all right, well, what is your normal shoe size? Just to get a sense of like, where should we start? What size boots do I think we might even start with? And he texted me from the shop. And I had told him, try a 26.5 in this, maybe just as a start point. He texted me and was like, dude, I'm in this boot. It's excruciating. I literally texted him back, bend your knees, put the pressure on the balls of your foot and bend your knees. And he texted back, oh yeah, no, we're good now. And like, I think this is to, to address what you were just saying. If somebody comes into the shop, they are standing upright and immediately gives that boot fitter or boot salesperson that feedback of this is excruciating and the boot fitter thinks oh no no I have a customer in pain we need to get them a size bigger or size longer maybe not so fast so I am saying (laughs) hopefully this is an an actionable thing not for experienced skiers who've been around this game for a long time but I still think there's many many thousands of people out there who are like, oh, okay, so the way to try on a ski boot is to stand there, bend your knees, get into what you're calling an athletic stance, weight the balls of the feet. Now I can start giving some feedback of, is this too long? Is this way too short for me? You agree with everything I've just said? I, I, I totally agree. That's that's why it's so more, more important that you have a salesperson slash boot fitter that is explaining the steps they are doing. Yeah, T- Take out... Uh, um, um, because the customer still has to invest a quite high amount of money. Yeah. Um, maybe sometimes even uh, uh, when you compare it to the ski itself, maybe the boot will cost way more uh, than everything else. So take away this anxiousness that they are maybe afraid of, no, I'm buying the wrong boot. So it's, it's very more important if the person who's trying to sell you boot, when they are explaining all the steps they are doing, that's that's super helpful and it will lead to you or ask questions that's the the better thing there are no we always tell our customers there are no stupid questions ask everything because um if they are starting to understand better how boot should feel i'm not saying has to feel because there are different skiers with different needs so how it should feel which the right direction should or could be for the customer in this case um, then it will help to build up confidence with the customer and um, to to come to the point that she or he maybe will say no no um, let's go more to what towards this direction or towards this direction because i totally understand you what you're looking for and what we are doing right now but it should be more like this so um, that's why I always say, okay, after we check the size and got the customers in, um, I we know that we immediately have to start explaining more about the things we are doing just to make sure that the customer is not getting in the situation about, um, I need bigger, I need bigger. Uh, because it, it, there are a lot of things that are fixable on a ski boot. 
like 80% of the things you can solve with, with different options. Yeah. Um, starting from a custom footbed or a trim to fit footbed um, to making room for your funky little toe or your awkward li- looking uh, inner ankle. So there are a lot of things. So if, if, if something's hurt and that should the person in the shop explain to you, they are solutions. But there are also some like issues or, or pressure points where there are not easy solutions and you should opt out or look out for a better fitting or a differently fitting skipper. Uh-huh. Okay, so first thing, don't make the mistake of getting into a ski boot that is too long. That is too long. Where should we go next? What is this of our top three things that you are begging people to understand? What's your second? After we found the right size um, and we went all through the little questions, that that's only taking a few minutes. Uh, so that's quite easy. Even like in a super busy shop, they can do that. Um, then you say the customer, perfect. We found the right size. And this already gives the customer in finding the right boot a little bit more confidence and say, okay, let's go to the next. Uh, When you do, for example, the shell check, you can already see how much space does uh, she or he has left over their instep on, 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 on the back of the foot. So if there's, for example, less space, what we, that's more a solution that we have in our shop, if there's because also fingers have like different sizes. So if I find out that there's less space than two of my fingers, like along the instep, um, I know if this is not a customer who's used to snug and tight ski boots, we will get an issue after maybe the second ski day, already on the first ski day. And uh, this is something we're not the customers making a fault. So this is then the fault of the person who's selling you the boot, in my opinion, at least, because she or he could already have known that problem. And so you have to find the right pressure that it's coming from the top, especially in four buckle boots, uh, which are like 90% of the boots on the market, for example, especially in Alpine boots. So if you were that type of skier that always had to open up the lower buckles after every run to get some more blood uh, into, you might consider a boot with a higher instep or different like like product design for the next time. Because if this is something that you actually hate that you have to do that, or this, if this is really a problem because it might not only be cold toes or cold foot it might be only or also like numb toes like a really totally gone foot then there are like other boots on the market that might fit you better so uh, for example this is something which is very very difficult uh, to fix even for the very experienced boot fitters Um, because what i have learned is putting out the boot board the sepa of a ski boot and grinding off a few mils this is actually like the last thing you maybe can do because one or two millimeters grinding off of, of, um, a boot board or a supper is not doing much. Yeah. Um, so this might only give you like the help if you have like this little, little bit that is missing. So it's very important to find uh, the right pressure that's coming from the top. The cool thing is feet are very, very sensitive. Yeah. They tell you within five to 10 minutes already um, if, if something is going in that direction or in this direction. So 
Um, that's why we in our shop really sometimes we ask like 20 to 30 times the same question to the customer. So how is the pressure on the instep? How is it from the top? Because you are kind of on the edge or you're in the perfect spot. Or is there any pinching that's coming from the top? So if there is something, um, is, it go, is, is it going towards pain or is it pressure? Yeah. Is it like a hug from an old friend that you haven't seen for a while? <laughs> or is it a bulldozer that's just driving over your, over your foot? So, um, and that's what we see with a lot of boots. Yeah, my friend recommended that boot to me. So, um, oh, it looked very beautiful. And I read those recommendations and it sounded like a perfect fit for me because I'm looking for that blah, blah, blah boot that has can do this or that. So, that's why this is very, very crucial to find the right foot. And because that's, that's definitely something which is hardly to solve for any kind of boot fitter because for example when you think about a four buckle boot and you're trying to lift the instep area to lift the boot like the whole plastic and as soon as you're cranking down the buckles again or closing the buckles again it's kind of falling back on its original position sometimes it stays at those a couple millimeters but mostly these millimeters don't make uh, it so much better that the blood circulation is really fine uh, for the for these uh, skiers so after the right length it's always how does the feel the boot feel from the top yeah how does everything align um this is uh this is like the main the main uh, uh um yeah the two main things that are still that the, that you have to that you definitely have to check in the interest of doing our best to clarify terms and make sure everybody is tracking with us i'm going to offer the most basic definition of instep and we'll see if you accept this or not so when we're sitting here talking about the instep if somebody is listening to this and they're like what is my instep we're talking about the top of the foot and the area sort of just in front of the ankle, not over the toes, right? So kind of the highest portion of your foot. Is that a basic yet acceptable definition of what we're talking about here? Yeah, definitely. Perfect. I mean, this is a part where I do think this gets quite subjective. And you and I were talking off air about this. I actually have a pretty high instep. I just, I don't know why, but I tend to accept quite a lot of pressure on my instep when I'm skiing or reviewing different ski boots. So have you come to over your years of experience? It's like, well, some people are gluttons for punishment or they just like a stronger degree of masochism here. Or like what kind of advice do you give to people if they're standing there in a boot trying to decide, is this that really good snug level of pressure versus too much how do you help people think through that or understand that so so for example you can explain snugness very very good when you're it's it's when you're not talking about like the instep or or, or the back of the foot when you're more talking about like uh, the heel for example yeah there there there's snug and narrow narrow mostly can be an issue snug can be just the perfect fit or the perfect tightness that's not too narrow and it's not maybe pinching on nerves or ligaments so um, that's always the balance between and that's why 
you as a customer has to tell a lot of your skiing background to the person who's trying to sell your ski uh, ski boots and also the person who's trying to sell your ski boots should ask you a lot about your skiing background um, if you were always used to snuck to maybe already narrow boots and this is what you what you what you're used to um, this might always be okay for you but for the skier um, for example that's not used to but um, heard about all these words and 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 boot boot vocabularies that you can use around maybe getting like the totally wrong boot um, because uh, uh, it, it might not suit their skiing it might not suit their abilities or what whatever yeah um, I always try to yeah kind of like draw a picture um, to 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 explain what 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 I mean and um, then re and re-ask the questions so does it really feel like this how does it feel are you sure and then try to explain how it not should feel um, because we we, 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 we we had that for example that that happens one or twice per season that you have a customer who's telling you 20 times no that fits perfectly from the top and you are actually a little bit scared or, or afraid that this is the right choice and um, then it depends on how much more information do I get about the customer. For example, if it's a, uh, um, a, a, a skier who was definitely skiing in, in a race club when she or he was younger or a teenager or whatever, and they just are coming out of the skiing gate ski education, and they did that from like, let's say, six till 18 or whatever um it's it will be hard to get this fitting where they have grown up with out of their head they might know that they are more comfortable and also fitting boots for good heel fit but they are maybe not looking for that comfortness uh, or comfort level so it always depends on because this is the subjective part uh, of it um how uh, or what we are together with the customer are looking for. And that's why I always keep telling my customers, um, keep being honest. Yeah. It, 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 it's, it's no one will, uh, um, yeah. Um, call you out in a ski shop because you tell them, yeah, I'm, I only, I, I, I might look like a guy who is super active and doing a lot, but I only need a 110 flex. I don't care. That will be perfect. Uh, that information maybe because that might, uh, just, uh, went to the, uh, goes to the direction to get the right boot for you. Um, so, um, don't overplay it. Don't uh, uh, say, yeah, I'm still doing this and that. If it's not that what you're really doing, um, okay. But um, that's that's why, like all the, the question and answering game around the ski boot is way more important, I think, than with skis. Because with a ski, um, you can ski actually with every ski one is making a lot of fun and one is making a little bit of fun but you will definitely come down if a ski boot is totally off of everything you can't ski you, you might have grams after the third turn and a hard life to come back to the base station let me try this and see if you agree with this statement or if this makes you nervous and it's nervous because it might be misleading 
for customers. As you're talking about, and rightly so, be honest, right? We talk a lot on Blister, know thyself. Like, let's not bullshit people, right? Like, if you are just out to have a nice time, make a couple laps and get to lunch and be comfortable and enjoy your, you know, your lunch with friends, you know, on a bluebird day, that's fantastic. High five to you. That sounds amazing. If I ever stop reviewing gear, I'll be right there at lunch with you, probably. But for those people who are like, listen, I really am trying to get better. I just really want to, I love this sport of skiing. I'd, I'd like to get better than I am. You know, I'd like to be better tomorrow than I am today. Would you be willing to say that those people then, if we have to, or if they're trying to assess, does this boot fit me appropriately? Are you happy to say that they ought to be skewing with a tighter fit, skewing toward a tighter fit as opposed to a less tight fit, right? We call this in the game, we talk about a performance fit, and that always means tighter, more snug. Thoughts on what I've just said? Are you nervous? Are we going to mislead people? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm a little bit nervous okay. now because uh, it's uh, a, 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 a yes and 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 a no. So first of all, after the right length and the right pressure from the top of the boot uh, of, of, uh, on your on your foot, it's it's all about heel fit. So um, it's the thing: is it snug? Is it narrow? Is it just fitting or some 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 don't are uh, looking for this special snugness uh, they are just want to have a secured heel that's not lifting and 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 then going from left to the right or whatever but in the most cases it's, just, it's more it's mostly lifting not that the the, the heel is really moving from the left to the right uh, we have a lot of customers who say as long as you give me a locked heel i really don't care about the rest yeah, so they they don't want to have too much pressure from the top. It's okay. They really want they want to have um, the correct size. Even if they maybe could ski a size smaller, they just say, "Now those days are over." Um, the only thing what my my head my head my my brain needs is a is a is a secured heel uh, with no heel lift. And for the rest, I'm okay because uh, then I have to work a little bit more on my ski technique. Uh, it's not the equipment. It's 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 myself that's uh, the problem at that day. But that's that's why um, it's so important uh, uh, to get all again. It's, I'm sorry that I have to repeat myself. That's it's why um, all the informations th that you have to get out of your customer are so important because um, I that's what I always try to teach my 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 my, my junior boot fitters like like um, like eight, like those guys who are like in their early twenties super strong skiers and i always tell them if another young customer is coming in please don't play the game of uh, uh who is the best skier on the mountain and who needs the tightest fit um because none of you maybe does need that um and the result should always be the right uh, boot and uh, this can be a narrower fit um but this can also be for the first time, the right size with the right heel fit, especially for the intermediate skier who wants to make the next step, it might be more important that uh, she or he is not sizing up b because of bony prononces and because they have some some yeah, funky things uh, on their feet going on. So 
maybe it's way more important that they have the right length, the right heel fit, the right top pressure, and uh, they are getting some some punches or grindings done on their boot to customize them for their uh, uh, for their feet. And you don't have to be always scared about customizing that this might be like a super expensive thing. Um, there are a lot of options these days on the market. So um, it's so don't be scared if 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 I, I just had a customer in today um, with a perfect fitting boot from heel length and top pressure from like my personal three main issues. And he said, yeah, but uh, so the, the boot was sold out in our shop. And he said, yeah, but I will definitely return the shop because my ankle, my inner ankle really, really hurts. And that custom was heavily pronating. So he was collapsing on the inner side of this ankle. Um, he had no footbed, like just the stock footbed in, in his liner. And of course, his ankle was already touching the shell. But this is not a reason to return the boot. This is actually uh, uh, like the, your golden shot. You already found uh, a boot that's that that's like solving like three major <laughs> problem issues, and that 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 funky looking ankle can be punched. It can be so the shell can be modulated, or it maybe can only be. It's maybe only the liner who has to to get some some work around. So, or in some cases, it's just bringing your your, your foot into a neutral position over a custom footbed, and even that can sometimes a footbed and a good sock can solve, let's say, six out of ten issues. If, if 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 we are only talking about issues and not real real problems, so um, the, the 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 solution can be so close and um, feel like pressure or, or like like uh, um, really like, like painful issues that are not related, for example, to uh, pressure from the top in the instep area. There are so many good shops uh, uh, all, all over that will definitely be happy to help you with the uh, tiny toe punch, with a, a hallux punch, with a navicular punch, or whatever it has to be done. Yeah? But what we hear a lot, yeah, the boot was hurting on my little toe. The boot was hurting on my big toe. Um, and so I sized up. And now we are, again, back where we were like uh, 35 minutes ago, <laughs> um, fi finding the right size. And so you can see that this is a circle. Um, so if you make one mistake on that journey, it will definitely in the end uh, bite into your ass and it will go round and round and round. And um, so sometimes you, with, with one problem, you make a lot of other problems. In the end, it's, it's, it's actually quite easy. So what we'd always tell us at MasterFit when we teach people, it's, it might sound like rocket science in the beginning, but actually finding a boot, at least in the right size, it's very, very easy. And even for very, very busy shops, those two minutes that you're checking your ABCs uh, of a ski boot, that will not kill your time and your boss will not get m mad of you because you're investing more time than the, the owner might think you should invest into um, yeah, working with, with boots. So, um, and um, after this uh, podcast, um, maybe the 
a lot of people might say then when they go out for new shoes so okay can we please check this and that i just want to want to make sure that i'm on, on on the right way and this education will help everyone will help shops will help also manufacturers in the end that it's maybe not always about the the, the battle for the first fit so um you had that in i don't know what it was boot nerdery talk number two or three with uh, with matt Manser. <laughs> uh you guys were also talking about that 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 battle for the first fit and this is something um i can understand somehow from a manufacturer uh, perspective but actually they are not really helping skiers and retailers with that because what if if a liner is already packed out after eight ski days because it was more about first fit than everything else the the retailer has a problem suddenly and the skier has a problem and uh, for one of them it will definitely cost money or maybe for for both of them so um um that's that's why it's again knowing the needs of your customer if it's the super recreational skier that skis those two weekends um it will take four to five years till a liner will pack out if it's the skier that's the weekend warrior uh, that actually really skis kind of every weekend because uh, she or he can reach a resort within like two or three hours or what and they are driving every weekend um the situation is already changing and and totally other thing is um people like you jonathan for example who are living on the mountain actually who are living in a ski town yeah who can if they don't have to prepare a summit, can ski every day. Right. Um, and you would be super mad if you would buy a $950 ski boot and after the uh, 10th day on or the 14th day on a stock liner, you would already try, you already have to crank your buckles down and then you would go back to the ski shop and say, hey guys, I'm, those, um, I'm skiing about like 30 to 40 days per season. Uh, at least and um, the liner is done i'm i'm actually it's like uh, standing in central station i have space in every direction so uh, what did you actually sell to me uh, and that's also a problem yeah um that's more a problem that the retailer hears than the manufacturer because they are still more into that the big shops maybe have it easier to sell i i understand that yeah but um it it, it there has to be the solution or the uh, uh, the go-to line, like for every every type of skier, there are so many types of skiing these days, which is perfect. And there are so many cool ski boots on the market. Shell-wise, we have never been, never has been so good, like 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 the last years, and also like this season, and the and the stuff that will come out next winter. The only thing is, again, if you tell your sales guy that you're skiing a lot of days maybe it makes then sense in opening the the pandora box of aftermarket products and um, that's mostly not a cheap path but on the long term yeah and i we are now not now talking about years of skiing it will maybe save you a lot of money than uh, rebuying because I have customers who said, yeah, I'm buying boots like every two to three years because they the liner's worn out. One of the things I think is we've been having this conversation, it sounds to me, tell me if you agree, maybe we can help some people out by helping them think through, okay, I'm in this ski boot, 
I listened to this podcast where Sebastian and Jonathan said, there's a good chance you might end up getting a ski boot that is too long for you. So they're paying attention to that. They're not making that mistake of upsizing the boot. But I think what we need to do is clarify maybe for people, pressure, even an even distribution of pressure, a good amount. We're using words like snug. In the ski boot world, we like that. That is a good thing. That is a different thing than pain, right? So we can differentiate for people. Pain, sharp pain, always bad. Pressure, a well-distributed pressure, good thing. That's going to hold the foot well, allow you to perform well. Let your, when you are pressuring your ski boots to the right, that's going to help the boots and the skis work in concert together. But I think that maybe, again, I'm just keep trying to, as we're talking, think about how can we help people understand what the hell we're actually talking about here. And I think maybe, and God bless all boot fitters that are already doing this and making this clear to their customers right from the get-go, but helping people understand good pressure, uniform, well-distributed pressure. This is a very good thing that we're trying to achieve. Pain points, we're trying to alleviate all of those. How am I doing, Sebastian? Yeah, perfect. And that's why we're trying to explain uh, the difference between pressure and pain pressure and pain um so um is it and like like after like already fitting boots since five months sometimes you can uh, hear your own words uh, anymore uh because you're like repeating uh, on a daily basis everything that you're you know, saying all the time and um so we always keep uh, uh telling the customers you're buying not a pair of sneakers um it's it's please don't compare that or don't compare it to your 12 year old ski boot um, you're buying something new. It has to, uh, the pressure has to be aligned all over. It has not to, it should not be like a, a, a functional. It should not be only on that spot or in this spot. Um, if it's a firm aligned pressure all over the place, that's actually just as you said, that's the perfect thing we are actually looking for. It's in skiing, you, you, you have to think your boot is connected to the binding and the ski. Um, and I bet some of the listeners had the experience that ski binding and boot was turning, but their leg was not turning or their foot was mm-hmm. not turning, um, especially when they skied off piece, for example, in like a little bit heavier snow and you're coming sideways into, into a run and you suddenly feel that everything is, is turning, but you're not actually do, doing anything. And then you're, uh, stopping and the only thing you're doing then is cranking down your buckles as hell just to secure yourself um, and get yourself somehow into a position in the ski boot that you can turn the turn or turn the ski that's why those three things length heel fit and top pressure have to align then you're on the safe side and always think about if it feels tight or or, uh, quite firm in the shop always remember a a liner will pack out and it just needs a good two three ski days or sometimes just that one good ski day and uh, um, the 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 liner or uh, the sensation inside the liner will have like some a lot of up and downs over the first day especially if you're in a very 
performance uh, uh, fit. But get over those first one or two days, especially if it's not going towards pain. If it's just, okay, on that one run, I feel a lot of top pressure. Okay, in the next run, it just looked like that I have to kind of break it in a little bit. Yep. Yeah, and ski it in um, because even if uh, the guys and girls in the shop are doing full uh, uh, fitting thing with the liner and heating it up and put, put, uh, putting postings on everything, that's just uh, the best as possible first fit for a heat moldable liner. But it will, in the end, skiing is an active sport. What a surprise. So you are moving inside the ski boot. You are rolling over your ankle joint. Yeah. Skiing is something when you make a turn, you have to roll in. It's rolling inside of your ankle joint. Like that's why the range of motion in your ankle joint is so important. Um, and always, always uh, also a boot related problem area. Um, it's most of the time it can be the foot. So it can be a footbed thing, but you can solve a problem with a footbed. It can be the shell itself because yeah, you have a super wide foot and you actually need a Frodo Pro boot. Um, or um, if it's your limited range of motion in your ankle joint or that you are more, for example, the super flexible guy. So last week we had a customer, ah, between beginner and intermediate somehow, and he uh, uh, is looking for the perfect boot to make the next steps. And um, I totally can understand that in most shops, he will maybe get offered a, a quite softer ski boot because he started skiing quite early in his mid-30s. And it's skiing is not a sport that's so easy to adopt or, uh, as quick as when you're not started it from like early ages for example at least in my opinion and um, so for example this guy was hyper flexible in his ankle joint yeah like a uh, uh, like a yogi like a guy who can move in every direction so this guy for example can't get a very soft flex ski boot because he will just bend it to the ground uh, he would not have any clue what he would do there but so even that guy, and he's just between beginner and intermediate, is more likely to getting a 120 flex than the 90 flex, just to take a little bit out of his super flexibility, yeah? and uh, yeah, and, and 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 make it a little bit more, yeah, rigid. It's not the right word, but a little bit more stiffer around the ankle joint. So um, that's why it's so important, um, also for the boot selling people to understand a lot more things than just uh, the stuff you can maybe read in a, in a brand catalog yeah um, so it's it's checking more things and that's the cool thing what i know from a lot of ski shops in the u.s that they are already doing these things it's way they are they do that way more uh, than in europe um, going through all the abcs checking dorsiflexion uh, on your ankle joint and and just getting the your the naked feet of your customer in your hands and just touching everything because your own hands are the best 3d scanner scanner you can think of and um, if you have uh, if the shop has a scanner it will maybe help to uh, um, get through the process a little bit faster but a good a, a good ski boot guy will always touch you on your feet and you have to get your socks off so don't be scared uh, if you have to get your socks off um, and that will all lead to 
a good fitting product. And I always tell my customers if this, if if we reach a level that we can say that this is really fitting good, very very well, that's actually already perfect because it will still remain a ski boot. It will still be a plastic cast. That's so it's 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 a crazy thing actually that we are spending four to eight hours in in a plastic cast the whole day and and having fun in the end that's a great point that is crazy skiers are crazy all the snowboarders listening to this are like yep you all are crazy okay we've talked about length how to get an appropriate length we've talked about instep height and we are going for good uniform pressure over the top of the foot we've talked about having a snug what we sometimes call a locked down heel where you don't feel like you've got a ton of movement or you can pick up your heel a ton off the the bottom of the boot uh, when you have your boot buckled properly and you've said if we are getting those three things we are doing so good and any other issues that a person might be, any other pain points you're saying a good boot fitter will know if you've got those first three things right a good boot fitter will know how to punch a boot or make a grind to get us to that last last bit of the way till we reach full nirvana Yes, or have I missed something? Anything we should include there? No, to- totally yes, because that will uh, bring us all to the position or uh, to uh, through the sales process where no one, like not the customer and not the salesperson, is getting the feeling about sizing up and maybe maybe putting you in in maybe the wrong boot. It must not be the wrong boot, but maybe you're then missing those last. 15 10 15% that you then maybe can't without just then you have to just put so much posting material into the boot and 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 build around and then you're already at a spot where you where you try to um adjust failures that you did a half hour before or a couple of weeks before when you decided uh, for the customer or the with the customer to go with the bigger size boot yeah. There might be a lot of situations where this definitely makes sense, but it's way more important. Or but but this will all the information from the customer will bring you to the position um, where um, maybe you need a little bit more roomier boot, or you need the very uh, uh, performance orientated ski boot uh, with the, for the very active skier. Um, so in the end. If uh, to sum it up a little bit, if you guys out there get the length, the the heel fit, and it's so easy, your your brain and your foot will tell you if your heels feel secured or not. This is this is so cool with feet. They will tell you that by their own. They, <laughs> they, you don't even have to ask them. They you will feel that when you get inside of the boot, especially when you try on. Diff two or three different boots that will actually overall fit you. Always, uh, 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 skiers out there, always look for the best starting point. Yeah, 
it because it makes no no sense if uh, one of the boots you you had on had uh, was like 70 percent was like already so close to a perfect fit but you really like that orange boot that's only like 40 percent uh, of the fit that you're gaining for take the one in the other color that's already at 70 80 percent and only only get your 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 ankle done uh, and a nice footbed and you you can go skiing and have a lot of fun so um if you find the right size and we just talked about what the right size can can be yeah and you can also easily check that by your own and i can tell you if you have uh, around like three fingers behind your heel if you're standing with your socks or naked feet in a in a, in a shell that's definitely too much even like in a, in a ski touring boot um, if you find uh, a firm top pressure that's not pain going towards being painful yeah just the right balance um you are already on the golden nugget path that you can say okay now only get my weird looking bony prominences done and i'm out to go skiing and if i need maybe like a little repunch there or a little grind there come back to your boot fitter especially if if your foot has to if, if, if more than like one or two things have to be done so also be a little bit patient with the guy who's making your your, your boot um especially if like customization processes it can definitely happen that you have to come back a sec a second time or maybe even a third time um it, that can be so uh, uh be, be be nice to 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 the sales guys <laughs> um if you if you guys find those like three things and you're scared because it hurts along your your little toe, your 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 fifth better tarsal head along this side somewhere. Then don't be scared. This this might not be the right boot. There are shops out there who are specialized to do that job for you, and they are easy to find actually. Um, and maybe you will have some friends in your fr friend circle that already have been to a boot fitting shop or a more specialized shop. Or especially, for example, in the U.S., you can send the guys from Blister an email and they can recommend you a ski shop. And um, especially because I know so many uh, 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 very, 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 very good boot fitters who, from North America. There are everywhere so good opportunities, especially in the U.S. and in Canada, to get their boots fitted by full-time professionals with long expertise that will also can uh, tell you like very interesting stories from people where they work together with maybe like former very very fa famous ski racers and these are like the little anecdotes that make a visit in a specialized ski boot shop uh, the money worth and also in i would say 100% of the cases <laughs> um the level of customer service should always make the the spending of the money worth and that you can come back all the time that they have your back and that they will help you with everything um and that's that's the cool part from my perspective or from, from my shop owner perspective that offering over boot fitting you can offer a very very good service to your customer and build up a very very high loyalty between you and your customer and um, the cool thing is when you have a good fitting ski boot you will tell that everyone that you have no problems you will sit in the chairlift you don't know know the stranger close to you and the first thing huh your ski boots does hurt 
Uh, you open the buckles. I don't do that the whole day because I went there and there and they're just doing the most awesome jobs. Um, another thing with skis, yeah, um, you will. I, I know that from a lot of my friends, they will would never tell where they bought their cool skis because they want someone else to go to the shop and also get cool skis. But with boots, they are just telling everyone, hey, my feet don't hurt. And that's the best thing you can add, have. And that's the best thing for every skier. And so look on those three spots and um, you will definitely enjoy skiing more than you did before. All right. Well, Sebastian, it is now almost 10 p.m. in Munich. And uh, I really need to let you go. <laughs> um, but before I do, I want to kind of move quick and just put two two things on people's radars. One, we already kind of mentioned very briefly this notion of somebody's like, oh, my liner seems to have packed out. I'm kind of swimming now in my ski boots. I guess it's time to buy a new ski boot. Maybe not, right? Maybe your shell is perfectly fine, but it might be time to think about a new liner. Do you agree with this? Is this a question that a lot of people that come into Black Sheep that they're sort of wondering about or asking about? What are your quick thoughts on sort of liner versus shell? Um, I, I would definitely agree on this because um, we just had this, for example, because we in the pre-conversation to the podcast recording, we were talking about that, um, for example, last week I had a customer Liner was packed out. Um, it's a guy who skis a lot. Shell is two years old and really into skiing. A lot of passion about equipment. The passion about skiing. Hey, I want to buy a new a, a new boot. I said, and then we explained to him or showed him the opportunities or the potential in the in the area of aftermarket liners and aftermarket products. Um, doesn't matter if it's uh, uh, for example the, the footbed we were talking a couple of minutes already ago or the different uh, uh, liners. So. They are liners on the market that they will actually last longer than your shell. So keep in mind um, that you, for example, when you ski a lot and you want to ski a shell, for example, for like five to six years, maybe on uh, the half run, you swap the liner and it will feel like a new ski boot for you. And that investment will be somewhere around, yeah, on the low spectrum, $150 to $200 maybe. On the higher spectrum, it can be around even $400. So there are a lot of different pr products on the market. Um, but this will give you the feeling of a brand new product. And maybe your liner can be a carryover liner that you can put in your new shell and it will feel like home from the first minute. So um, keep that in mind uh, that like upcycling uh, uh, your product um, it's, it's a good thing also in skiing, not only in biking. Yeah, um, And it's the same with, uh, with insoles. There are trim-to-fit insoles. There are semi-custom insoles. There are full custom insoles. And uh, a full custom, for example, just to make it short and brief, doesn't need, mean that you have to be a professional skier. It's or a person with, for example, like uh, 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 um, real health issues on their feet. Um, that you have like nerve syndromes like Morton or whatever. No, it just can't be that you're looking for the mo most perfect natural fit within your ski boot. And when you think that a liner can, uh, uh, a custom footbed, sorry, can cost between 100 to $200, in Europe it's more 100 euros, then when you cal calculate that over uh, a time for like five, seven years, 
Um, this is paying back. This is all paying back. You you, you will feel uh, uh, less fatigue. Uh, you will have a better blood uh, uh, circulation. Um, there are so there are more pros than cons you can think of. Yeah, and Sebastian, I I feel pretty passionately about this one. And I realize, I know, and I sort of feel guilty while you're talking. It's like, okay, well, now we're talking about custom insoles or custom footbeds. And that's another thing that people we're saying should buy because I actually really do think everybody should have one. And I, I want to address something, which is just, we hear this a lot in the emails we get at Blister where people are like, oh, you know, um, I, you know, I, I'm not that good of a skier or I'm just getting into it. So I don't think I need a custom footbed. What I just want people to understand is a custom footbed will make your boot fit better. It will make you more comfortable and it will let you ski better. And I can say this as somebody who skis all kinds of ski boots all the time. And to piggyback off of your point, I still, every single boot I review, I transfer the same pair of custom footbeds that by now I probably had that pair made like 12 years ago. I probably have over, well, 1200 days on that footbed. They don't look that awesome, but I have had multiple footbeds made for me over the years. And this one in particular is still my go-to. Every single boot review I do I transfer that same pair of custom footbeds. So I know that we're talking about yet another thing that, as you said, might be, you know, in the hundred to $200 range, but I think I've got about 1200 days on a single pair. So to your point about like, this is an investment, you know, and it's money well spent. Yeah. It's definitely the investment that will pay back. Um, it, 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 it will be pay, it will, and it will pay back super quick. Um, the footbed, uh, just to uh, um, add a little short uh, uh, thing to it, it will, guys, it will make the boot your boot, even even if it's a customized boot. And uh, a good boot fitter will always tell you that the customization of the shell, for example, is not only probably working with a foot with a, with a footbed, with a custom made footbed for you. And um, yeah, it's another topic. It's another uh, boot related <laughs> kind of rabbit hole somehow, but. Um, yeah, um, people, I will definitely can tell you, keep the thing with the footbed in mind. Um, it, and it, it's not a matter of how good you ski. It's something you want. And if you took that path once, you will definitely not go back to a stock insole or not to, back, uh, to, to a trim to fit. Yeah, and I can really, really uh, uh, rec recommend a, a custom footbed uh, and it will definitely make everything uh, uh, easier and better for you. So that's... That would be my my few basics. I hope uh, everyone could uh, uh, yeah could benefit or understand what we tried to bring on the table today. Well, Sebastian, as always, I appreciate the conversation. I think I especially appreciate this conversation because I do know how busy you are right now, and um, and that it is 10 p.m. and that you've had an extremely long day. Uh, so, as always, it's great checking in with you. I, I think you just helped many thousands of people actually just be a bit more attuned to some of the things they should be looking for. And I think you've helped them 
you know, steer them in, in ways, hopefully fewer people will be going into shops and, and maybe making some mistakes that ultimately are going to be very expensive mistakes and also cause them to uh, be in more pain and or just not enjoying this sport that, well, you and I love so much as much as they could. So uh, thanks for thanks for sharing uh, all of your experience and, and wisdom with us, Sebastian. Yeah, thank you very much uh, for yeah helping to solve some of the boot issues and nerding out in boots a little <laughs> bit. And um, yeah, it would be just a, a cool thing to have more people on the right boot setup because skiing, skiing, skiing is fun and it's way more fun with the right boots. Amen. All right, sir, I'm going to let you get going. Looking forward to our next conversation already. Thank you. Have fun with the summit. <laughs> thanks. Thanks, Sebastian. All right, it is time now for our What We're Celebrating segment. It is Thursday, February 3rd. I'm recording this at 9 p.m. And I've currently got in my hand a glass of Whistle Pig Piggyback six-year-old rye whiskey with a little bit of club soda and a lemon. I'm going a little fancy tonight, adding more ingredients than just whiskey in a glass. Um, and it's delightful. And I should say, for those of you coming to our upcoming Blister Summit, well, we're going to be serving there Whistle Pig Old Fashions. They are going to be made with real Vermont maple syrup. So come have an old fashioned with me at the summit. And frankly, you don't even have to have one with me if you feel like that might, you know, I don't know, kind of actually bring down the experience. I won't be offended if you, you know, just want to drink that thing by yourself or I don't know. Maybe with McKenna Peterson. All right. Anyway, this week, what I'm celebrating is you all. And specifically, those of you who have been leaving great suggestions for upcoming Blister Crash Course videos and leaving some really great reviews of Gear 30 in Apple Podcasts. Uh, these have been really fun to check out and see. Uh, and I want to read a few of them to you. So let's see. First of all, we got this suggestion from Telly Zach Ski, and he said, actually, I don't know if it's a he or she. I assume he, but who knows? Telly Zach Ski uh, said, I think at 2,500 ratings, the challenge should be that blister reviewers make your own skis and then go ski them. Interesting. I don't know. We can entertain that one. Let us know what you all think of that idea. Make our own skis and go ski them. Didn't say that we would have like an accompanying race to do that, but um, I don't know. Let us know if you're into that one. Couple others here. This suggestion came in uh, on Apple Podcasts, our, our ratings uh, and reviews. VV1Z wrote, I want to see a Gear 30 crew game of NAR at 3,000 reviews. And I read that and thought, that's just a fantastic idea, actually. So we hit 3,000 reviews. We go play a game of NAR at Crested Butte. I think that's a pretty great idea. Let us know what you think. Let's see. Fireblade511 wrote, Gear 30 is honestly one of my favorite podcasts for the in-depth discussions you'll get nowhere else. But I better get some Snowblade and Snowboard wipeouts in the next Milestone videos. And you know what? Fireblade 511, you're 100% right. And again, we talked about this on the Blister podcast 
crash course recap podcast thing we did, I blame Kristen and I blame Sydney Dickinson. I blame all the people telling me and Luke and Dylan that the biggest mistake we could make would be dropping a knee too low. Those people not only made us look worse than maybe we otherwise would have, but by telling us not to drop a knee low, I feel like they radically reduced the possibility of carnage. Maybe our knees and shoulders win, but I don't know that anybody else won from that advice we got. So anyway, we hear you. And I hope Luke and Dylan and everybody else wipes out a lot. I hope any wipeouts I have are, you know, super chill and mild. Anyway, thanks Fireblade 511. Good good thoughts. Here's another one from T Shihan PM. T Shihan PM. Sorry, that sounded awfully a lot like Shaheen just spelled differently, so that kind of tripped me up. At 2,500 reviews, we need to get on an adaptive mono sit ski. I like this idea. I'm pretty in on this. I don't know where we're at with 2,500 or 3,000 or whatever, but an adaptive mono sit ski, I think that would actually be fantastic. Schnitzel7274 just wrote, Gear 30 is the hotness. Enough said. Well, thank you, Schnitzel. It's amazing. Space Dead Pork said, I'm just here for the snowblading vid. I get it, you know, appreciate that honesty. Yeah, NorCal Nomad said, great show for gear talk, especially those of us who are professional gear nerds. Uh, the multi-parters with Matt Manzer talking ski boots is amazing. Then he said, ha you know, that said, I expect more carnage in the next videos. Y'all were too careful tellying. We hear you, NorCal Nomad. And again, Blame Kristen. Blame the good Telemark skier in that video. Last one I'm going to read. This came in from Abby-East Coast. Abby wrote, This podcast is amazing. Uh, thank you, Jonathan. You not only do excellent things, you do them excellently. Um, Abby, I don't know you, but I, pr I think probably we ought to get married. That's probably the nicest thing anybody's ever going to say about me. So consider this a podcast proposal probably because i don't know that we're ever going to do better than than that so anyway thank you abby thanks to all of you for writing in thanks for your good ideas for upcoming crash course videos and i think with that we're going to call this episode of gear 30 a wrap so i want to say thanks to sebastian for the good conversation thanks to the strikingly handsome justin bob for producing this episode and yeah J-Bob's going to be at the summit too. So you got to come see how strikingly handsome he is. And then from all of us here in Gunnison and Crested Butte, Colorado, please do take care of yourself and everybody else. And we will talk to you again this coming Monday over on our Blister podcast, where it's time for Cody Townsend and me to once again review the news. So we'll catch you over on the Blister podcast on Monday. Have a good weekend, everybody. Talk to you soon.